Some of us might not make it back. What do you mean? Like, not on the same flight? Welcome to Black Irish Podcast. Welcome to an all-new episode of Black Irish Podcast with myself, Brendan McCorkle, and special guest, Stephen Timble, the Drunken Stoner. How we doing, sir? Woo! What's going on, man? Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm doing good. <laughs> good to see you. Good to have you on. I appreciate you filling in for Mike, who couldn't be here. He was having some medical marvel work today done, Ooh. seeing the dentist, the doctor, all these kinds of things, and he just wasn't up for going. So I appreciate you filling in. Um, oh, dude, thank you for having me, man. It's, <laughs> always, uh, always a pleasure to work with you. Yeah, it's it's an interesting how we got to, to come to be in each other's lives. I mean, you know, as comics, you yourself are a comic, um, I'm a comic, and we just kind of, the world is very wild and weird that we operate in. And to find oh, yeah. somebody that we can kind of be simpatico with and compadres and stuff, it's, it's very few and far between that you get real connections, but when you do, they're solid. And you know, hundred oh, percent, yeah. So, for anybody that doesn't already follow the Drunken Stoner on Instagram, please do. It's the Drunken Stoner. It's the easiest one to ever spell and figure out. <laughs> um, he's he's basically taking over Southern California as much as he can it, currently. He's he's doing these pop up brewery shows. He's got all these standard uh, reissue shows coming. You know, weekly, bi weekly, monthly. Like, dude's getting it done and. So from being at the same open mic scene, uh, he was so kind as to invite me out as a host of all of these shows that he does. Um, him and his lady do these wonderful, wonderful, fun shows where it's, you know, his big thing is new material all the Thank time, you. which I appreciate, you know, and some and and you are encouraging in the fact where you're like, I don't care if you have 10, I'll give you 20, figure it out. You know, like you're you're not you're not the kind of guy. Like you have spots, you have all different kinds of mics, which is kind of interesting and unique for a host to have. Is because all your shows are meant to be fun and, uh, and slightly chaotic. You know, that's the that's oh, yeah. one of the themes. Is everybody's trying to get loose and have a good time. We're not here to be serious. We're here to be silly. But you also oh yeah, inebriation nation. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And but you also structure it to where it's like there's some. You give enough people time to fail multiple times just to figure their own stuff out, to get out of their own way and not stick with their material. But you also have other shows where you're like, hey, bring your banging material. This is going to be a good show. So I appreciate that you run the gambit and that you allow all different types of skill levels. And um, doesn't matter how long anybody's been in the business. You know, you're kind of like, hey, man, if you're here to play, let's play. And I appreciate that. No, 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, how, well, you know, this is the thing. Go ahead. I, oh, I wanted to ask you how oh. kind of you came to come up with all this stuff and maybe give us a little so, background on you. No, I've been doing comedy for a while. So I, every time I, I started, you know, uh, I, I started to find a new place, I, I'd like it and I'd kind of burn it out. You know, I, I'd go, I'd do it so many times where it's like, it's you're not really gaining anything fresh from it anymore. The only thing you, you really gain fresh from comedy is being in front of 
an audience, not other comedians. Now, other comedians could really pollute the message you're trying to put out. It's really horrible because you keep doing comedy in front of other comics. Eventually, they're going to get to you. They're going to come up like, oh, you got to change this. You got to do this. You got to do this. If you're getting laughs from an audience, fuck what another comic says. Just keep doing you, man. And I see that in a lot of comics. There's comics who have different kinds of comedy. There's a million different kinds of comedy. You can't say someone's not funny. That means you just don't think they're funny. Right. I, I, like, I, I mean, in our circle, how many comedians do you know that don't get a laugh one room, but then go to another room and completely destroy? Right. You know yeah, what I mean? Almost everybody. Almost everybody. And that's kind of the point of what you're saying. You know, it's like each room, each crowd, each. I mean, geez, man, if one person has the sniffles and it throws everybody off in the in the crowd, then it's like you could go and the next person could have a great laugh. And then the room is is just napalm. It's on fire. You know, it's it's. Oh, my God. Yeah. Completely up to the audience and not to the sticklers who are trying to perfect something that you're like uh you're you don't even have my style of comedy i don't really need a tag from you you know you're just telling me because i don't know why you know i i definitely i definitely get that sometimes i found that for the most part it's like people try and be helpful and people are just kind of like oh hey you know i appreciate the feedback for the most part because i can also shrug it off like oh i don't value your opinion at all i'm just gonna know that you're silly and i don't appreciate you so that you know i can do that a little easier i'm also a lot newer to the game than you are dude you've been running this gambit for quite a long time because you didn't start out in comedy necessarily is that correct uh no you know what i i've always done comedy but i did uh emceeing work and stuff like that actually i always wanted to be a comic and I was doing acting and stuff. And I'd go and I'd do a room here or there. And I'd feel, like, oh, I'm a comic. And that's a really dangerous mindset to get into <laughs> because you you know what I mean? You're telling people I'm a comic. And then you run into a real comic and they're like, well, where have you performed at? And you're like, uh. So you kind of have to, like, and then you start actually getting into rooms, right? Then you start, you know, you, 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 you do the belly room at the comedy club. Then you maybe do the main room. Maybe you do the laugh factory. Uh, and you start to realize, these are all places that just have people that want to come out and have a good time. And I, you know, for me, where do I like to have a good time? I like getting drunk. I like getting high. So breweries, man, fucking, it's like the perfect place. So I was like, you know what? Let's bring com uh, comedians together. Let's give them a spot on Mondays. You know, you get 10 minutes and a three minute interview. And then uh, Tuesdays, you got a place to work out. I mean, we're working on uh, right now. We're going we're, uh, to change up the format a little bit. I'm going to scrap Tuesdays for a while just, you know, simply based on, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to reformat into a different way. But 20 minutes is what I want to give people just so they That's could, uh, and what we've time. been doing. Uh, people don't oh, you work out material. People don't understand what 20 minutes is in this, in this open mic scene. It's you are scratching and clawing to get on lists to wait five hours to get five to seven minutes, and you've got to pay a certain amount of money or buy a certain amount of food and booze and all this kind of stuff. And you're giving people four times what they would get anywhere else. Basically they would have to hit three to four mics in order to get one session out of you in this, like in, in one of your particular shows. It's crazy. People don't understand how incredible that opportunity is to go and float or like me, like if I think I've got a solid 15 that I really want to try and hone in on, I can go yeah. do that with five minutes of fuck around and see if I can find new stuff. And then the next oh, week, that's the point. Yeah. The next week I can go back and go, okay, I did that 15. I feel good about that. 
let me explore for 20 minutes and have nothing on my brain as, as you know, it's like, it's like, like run away from the thing that's going to save you run away from home, you know, run away from home and see how far you can go before you get lost and need to come back. You know, like go explore your brain, go explore other people's brains, see how they're reacting go, Oh, I didn't even think that that would have been a thought, you know, think of the angles of the angles, just let anything go. Oh, that's the great part. Like, so I'll have like yesterday, Gibby only prepared 20 minutes of material, right? Sometimes I won't get, uh, if let's say people are vibing you in the room and I don't have a comic after you and we have 30 minutes till closing, right? I'll sit there and I'll let you keep going. Gibby did 45 minutes last night. I'm not even shitting you. He had the people rolling all last night and because he, he was just after, you know, it was completely natural in the moment. After you do 20 minutes, you know, something maybe hits you. Something strikes you that you want to say. And usually you don't have time to say it. On my mics, you do. If you have 10 minutes, you know, uh, it's great because you could take that 20 minutes. You could crunch it down into a 10. Yeah. But with this 20 minutes, you really got to stretch stuff and find new material. And it pulls it out of you. It really brings it. Listen, if somebody wants to do a 30-minute special, you got to start with 20 minutes. That's just a fact. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if you don't lift weights, you know, you can't you can't just go to the gym and jump in the bench pressing. You know, that's that's why I like uh, I like giving these little workout rooms, uh, the opportunities for other comedians, because shit, I'm working material out in front of everybody all day, man. I'm, I'm just I, yeah, you're I, I'm constantly a, seems like a psycho. <laughs> now, well, this is a wild business, man. It's a wild world with a bunch of wild people, and usually the most unstable ones are the ones that want to talk about their dick in front of other people, or clits for that matter. There's plenty of women comics out there that are just as filthy as us, but you know, it's one of those things where you do offer that kind of stuff, and you do have these wonderful, amazing shows. And this is a great time to bring up the fact that you are putting on a show in Gardena at the end of January. January 28th. January yeah, yeah, yeah. 28th. The Drunken Stone Fest. It's 12 hours of just off-the-wall fun. <laughs> so our thing is pure insanity, yeah. So <clears throat> Drunken Stone Fest is going to be this. It's going to be. It's going to start at 12 p.m. You're going to get there. And usually when you get to a festival, there's warm-up time. No, we're already going. When you get there at 12 p.m., comedy's firing on all cylinders. You're going to see it outside. It's going to be the loudest, most rambunctious comedians outside. And you're going to start getting like, oh, man, how do I escape this comedy? You walk inside. Guess what? You didn't escape comedy. You walked into a podcast now. <laughs> and there's beer being served around you. Things are going to be happening all around you. You're going to be having comedians selling merchandise you're going to be having comedians come up to you tell you about their shows it's just it, it's going to be a whole vibe and if you're not high and drunk by the time you leave this place you personally didn't work hard enough like <laughs> you this, did this something is, wrong <laughs> you, you had to have it's gonna, i'm pretty yeah. sure the air is gonna hotbox you it's gonna it's gonna be it's <laughs> It's going to be an outdoor event, but it's still going to hop box. If you're not you, chemically sure. enhanced when you leave, then your plans went awry at some point. You should be sweating when you leave. There should be <laughs> some sort of viscous chemicals leaking your skin. You should smell like uh, like like low tide when you leave. There should be something coming out of you. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. I I get to be on this show. It's going to be so much fun, dude. I'm going to be there all day. I can't wait to just Oh, you will be absolutely here. be. I can't yeah, yeah, wait, yeah. dude. You're one of my favorite comics, man. Well, I appreciate <laughs> that, dude. It's a lot of fun to be at your shows and and it's 
It's fun because you take the pressure off for... It's funny because you're like one of the nicest guys, but as in your name, you say, you're like, people just hang on to the stoner part. They forget that I get drunk sometimes. So it's like, you know, it's like every now and again, something will rub you the wrong way and you're just like, hey man, how about next time? Don't show up. You know, like if somebody's rude to the show or another <laughs> comic, you're like, oh yeah, by the way, we don't need you. And it's hilarious. And I love it because you just... You offer good spots, and if people drop in who never met you before, you go, hey, man, if you're nice to me, I'll, yeah, I'll give you the same spot as everybody else, 100%. which is wild. Yeah. It's unheard of. And then if people have, you know, the natural thing of comics is to be defensive, and the first thing you do is to shit on some attack is the best defense, you know, a good offense. So a lot of times it's like, oh, yeah, I thought there'd be more people here. It's like, oh, yeah, well, you didn't have to show up either. You know that, buddy? And it's like, then the room... <laughs> You're able to turn the room on a dime, but you don't have to because you're like the guy that gives out hugs more than anything. But that's why it makes it so fun is because you're like, hey, this is still a respectful show, even though it's chaos. We got to treat each other good or I'm going to be the one that treats you the worst. Don't 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 stomp on my people. You know, it's fun. Well, you know, here's the thing. It's like these people come. Some people will message me online. They'll come and they'll be like. Yeah, I can't believe I'm here doing comedy at the Drunken Stoner Comedy Show. And it's like, well, fuck why. You asked me to come here or you just showed up. I mean, listen, I have no problem giving people opportunities. But don't shit on my show. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, that's for me to do. Like, exactly. <laughs> that's your baby. Yeah. You don't hit my baby. I hit my baby. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, did you see this new thing about these artificial wombs? I'm sorry. That's a little off topic, but it no. blew my fucking This is mind. what we do is we go off topic. Okay, so I did oh. see a picture of an artificial womb, but I don't understand what it does. I don't either. I didn't. Is see it for where clone babies? I, what? You that's don't, that's I not how you have sex. You don't stick your penis in the womb. Well, I mean, you have to fuck something, right, to make this baby. Yeah. What do you but fuck it, to make the artificial baby? You just need the lubricated friction to to get your jet streamers going in there, and then they then it's an adventure. Did you not? Did you get kicked out of health class like I did? Yeah, most of the time. Like <laughs> they le- le- legitimately in in middle school. I think it was eighth grade for one week in health class. They talk about sex. They have sex ed before you go to high school. I wasn't even allowed in the first day. They were like, "Do not let him in." We're talking. We're using silly words. He's not allowed in the class. And I just walked it's around. It's funny campus. that that's exactly what they did to me. And then in what? high school, yeah, I just in the office. <laughs> no, that because I didn't do anything wrong. They're just like. <laughs> can you go to another classroom? And I was like, sure. And then I just didn't. I was just walked around <laughs> middle school waiting for my friends to get out so we could get high and go home. You know what I mean? Silly things Hell like yeah, that. Absolutely. So I, it took me a while to figure things out health-wise, you know? I had a vasectomy yeah. not too, I mean, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, and I had no idea. I had to watch the video with the guy in dolphin shorts to figure out that the thing that makes the babies is by your asshole. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. No, that's where the thing. Okay, so your balls generate like the jizz. Basically, it's like the idiots. Okay, these are just <laughs> Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yeah, right? they're just the yeah. meatheads. Okay, <laughs> these are the swimmers. And then there's a little bit of magic by your asshole that there always like, is. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's that's why it's like the male G spot is if you know it's right by that little sack of stuff. So there's a little just tickle the baby sack of magic <laughs> that goes up through a tube to the balls, and then it like gets in there, 
and then that shoots out. So they just clamp the connection from the magic to the nutsack, which is, again, I wasn't allowed in health class. I was going into the vasectomy. The reason why I didn't want to do it initially, not for anything other reason, was that I thought I wasn't going to shoot loads. I thought it cut off your loads. I thought this till I was 35 years old. Until I was going to get a vasectomy, and then even my wife was like, what? I still think that. I just so didn't trust it. I'm like, I'm going to have ghost loads? This is not cool. And then, no, it's so fine. When you're 12, just those little... Yeah, like, but like, I was just like, like, go, like certain people that have had prostate, all this kind of stuff, or they don't shoot loads. They feel orgasm, but nothing comes out. And I don't know that like, I could... I don't know that I could do that. That seems gross. It's like not sneezing when you have to. That's like that. Uh, yeah. It's oh, ooh, a dry heave. It's disgusting. Uh, a dickhead nasty. dry heave. Yeah. So I was very nervous about that. And then that didn't happen. So then I was like, oh, this is fine. It's not a big deal. But yeah. Wild stuff. So that to be said, health class, artificial wombs. I have no idea what's going on with that shit. It freaks me out. Because I can only assume Just, uh, they're for clone babies. A little side note, I have my window down at the park, and I just realized there's like 10 people around me just watching me screaming about busting loads. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <I> love it. <laughs> hey, podcast on the go. That's how we got to do it sometimes. Dude, Black Irish podcast. Especially people. when you're filling in. <laughs> much, much appreciated. So, considering we're in this wild arena of comedy and we got to deal with all these wild animals, I had a question for you. What do you think is the ultimate animal combination? Like, if you could put two animals together. I was just thinking about this yesterday. I thought, like, Ooh. I was like, at first I thought bear and wolf. But, like, I said, nah, because it's too similar. I think the best combination would be a bear eagle. Imagine a fucking bear. Who'd fuck with a bear eagle? Okay, but how but would I that work? Thought... Like, would you well, take parts it... from each? Or would it be, like, a, a weird morphy thing like a liger? Yeah, that, see, I, I was thinking the talons, like, of, 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 like, an eagle and stuff on a bear with, like, you know, like, he has, like, the bear's face and, and like, wings, and he flies around just, like, clawing at shit. Like, see, but the, the power to weight ratio of that, like, the wings are not going to be able to, to get that bear up. I don't know of an eagle that can get that type of weight up, but I like where well, you asked me the two I don't I know, no, 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 I know. Because I was thinking I mean, a similar thing, too. Like, if, if I was going to, like, a, the bear and wolf thing. Like, if you were going to merge something, you wanted to be somewhat similar, kind of, initially. Yeah. Like, so I was thinking, like, okay, what about, like, a rhino elephant? Like, an elephant with, like, the rhino chingadera on it, horns? Yeah. But, like, <laughs> like, in between rhino and elephant size? That would be a dangerous thing. Yeah, dude. But Bring then it, it's not very practical. Size? No, but yeah, like what would it get done? Like that's why I was also like, I thought about gorillas the other day. I was like, yeah. see, like there is a gorilla orangutan mix. I forgot what they call those. Have you seen them? They're like really big orangutans, like great orangutans, gangatangs, <laughs> dude. <laughs> that sounds like such a cool like rap brand. But, uh, <laughs> fucking gangatang. But uh, I anyways, can see that uh, as being was, slightly racist. <laughs> a little bit uh, depends on who yeah. it is. If it was like, a, if it was like. Like a Action Bronson, the gang of dang, like yeah, I, okay, that, yeah, I that could be it. a pass. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're with the guys that when we were growing up, or not, you were growing up. You're a decade younger than me. But who are the guys that sang the 
You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. Bloodhound like, gang. Bloodhound gang. Like, exactly. Those guys can pull off gang of tang. Gang of tang would work for them. Dude, I fucking loved the bloodhound gang. That was like, <laughs> you oh, look dude, like that you was would. my middle school. <laughs> oh, I know, dude. <laughs> Just a, a white scumbag. That's always been me at heart. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's why I'm kind of a You know what I mean? Too. I was thinking, because they did it well the, with the wild animals, with flying monkeys in the Wizard of Oz. I'm like, they kind of nailed that. Like, the monkey size with the wings, that works. But, I'm going way Ooh. off topic here. I think the yeah. one of the most dynamic animal combos would be a monkey body with a goat head. Why the goat head? Goats can eat anything. They chew through metal... They have those oh, horns right. and the hard heads. So it's like, if they need to... a scary movie, bro. Dude, Holy shit, and monkeys about... have, like, all the crazy dexterity strength. and strength. And they can climb on stuff and swing. Like, they're very agile. Throw goat shit. And then like... you just have, like, the straight goat head monster that's like, how would you defeat this thing? What noise would it make? The goat noise or the monkey noise? Or like a hybrid? Ooh, that's a good question. What? Okay. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah, bah. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. I don't know. Maybe something like that. With the goat mouth. Dude, you need to make that a scary movie. Just, uh, I mean, like, just start writing it. Just someone will pick it up. I was thinking about a children's book. Horrific. Children's book sounds right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it could be lightened, but that might terrify children. I don't know. I, dude, when I was a kid, I watched fucking Chucky. I, I That was, dude, we watched it and stuff. But I, I feel like 90s kids and 80s kids were so screwed up because, like, our, the, the movies they put out for us as kids were even scary. Fucking, yeah. do you remember, like, they had that, what was that movie called Labyrinth? With, yes, uh, uh, David Bowie. That's what, with David Bowie. That movie was fucking horrific as a kid. I, I watched it as a child when I was maybe like 10 or 11, and I have yet to watch it again. I'm like, nah, man, I'm good. That is creepy <laughs> as shit. That was like also watching it's like, a like bad acid trip. Like The Wiz. Did you ever see that version of The Wizard <laughs> oh, of Oz? The African American version? Nah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was the good one. That was with Diana Ross and Michael Jackson. I was going to say, I like that quite no, a bit. No, I like that one. Uh, no, it was. Return to Oz. It was Return to Oz. That was that the one where, like, one. yeah, it was the one where, like, instead of flying monkeys, they all the guys had, like, wheels for hands, and they were all in the all fours, and, dude, super weird. Super that creepy. That movie was fucked up. Yeah, I watched that on acid. I mean, I, <laughs> I probably should I watched also the, uh, that same day we watched Requiem for a Dream first. Oh. So, like, our day was already fucked. We were on acid watching that, like, ah, oh, why are we on drugs? Yeah, that's not a good, that's not a fun one. A fun one, to, uh, you know, a, a fun movie to watch on drugs is Smoke and Aces because it makes no goddamn sense and it's just yes. guns and loud music the whole time. It's great. And it oh, doesn't, yeah, you know, dude. it's just, it's, you can't watch it sober because you're like, really? Ray Liotta is a fucking FBI agent. It's just like, you, that movie's just pure. It's so like, good. Everything is so good. Yeah. So badly good. It's we like used to, every. We used to stay up 
till about five in the morning and the sun came up watching it on repeat in the background if that makes sense oh hell yeah dude <laughs> it was that kind of a movie it's that kind of yes. a movie you walk in jacked up at any moment and you're like i love this scene and then you walk out and do whatever yeah, oh dude that was great. fear and loathing in las vegas for me uh, man I, I have that on at like, every party it'll just be playing like just in the background there's any any moment you can go oh yeah 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 this part with a projector fun. going on so like it's like projected on people they're like wow it's really fun that i'll be fun. doing that more often again yeah dude i mean you always got to pick a different lately it's been the rugrats i play rugrats when people are on drugs it freaks them out they're like this is bringing me into a weird place. Like, ah, it's on you, dude. <laughs> Shouldn't be on drugs watching kid shows. Like, whatever. <laughs> I love it, dude. I love it. All right. Well, hey, we're coming up towards Christmas time. Yeah. And I just went and visited my family. Have you uh, done any family time for the holidays at all? Uh, yeah. Actually, I, I, I just hung out with my parents because uh, – you know, my mom likes to do kind of like a. You know, she she's Italian, so she calls it Mexican food, but it comes out really Italian. Like yeah. She makes beans and rice, but it tastes like Italian food. Like <laughs> it basically, it'd be like pasta fagiole, but like it's it's beans and rice, and like she'll it makes stuff. So I hung out with her. They did a little fiesta type deal, and we watched Black Adam together. My dad was so confused by the movie. He's like, "Why is he Black Adam? This doesn't make sense to me." I'm like, "Dad, it's not about like him being black. It's just like." I don't get it, son. You got to put something else on. Like, no, we're watching this, Dad. You ever try to explain why, like, like why, like he's like, is he a good guy or something? He keeps killing everybody. I'm like, Dad, like, like, yeah. Watch the movie not, and then, know. then let's discuss afterwards. Let's yeah, have let's have I a recap. Know. Oh gosh, <laughs> I we had uh, we had our family gathering for my side of the family. Um, up in Palmdale this past weekend, and it, you know it was fun. It's all good, but I did. It's one of those things where, you know, when it comes to the holidays, there's always these random things that come up. And I politely got reminded by my mom that I used to wear rubber pants. You wore rubber pants? Do you know what rubber pants are? No. Okay. So basically, it's as if you take, like, like the... the Thing you would apply to a bed sh- uh, mattress, like the cover, or basically you take a trash bag and put elastic in it. It was for kids that had pee problems. You oh, would wear I know exactly rubber pants yeah, yeah. that would were like so tight and also very easy to wash if anything nasty got on them. So she reminded me that when I was a child... She had me wear rubber pants, like, everywhere. Everywhere. And the, the, how she reminded me was telling my nephew, who's 15 years younger than me, in a room full of family, including my kids. That's how she reminded oh my me. God. And I was like, oh, I'm overhearing this conversation and the swishing noise is coming back. Oh. Is that one of the stories... Is that one of the stories your mom retells? Like, over? no, my mom has a story like that to embarrass me. And it's about like when I was a kid, I used to love Toy Story a lot. And I had a I got a McDonald's, the toy Woody was like this big. And I guess one day in the middle of the night, I woke my parents up and I said, Mom, I want a big Woody someday. And like they <laughs> always tell everybody that. And they're just like, ah, that was funny. You wanted a big Woody. 
in the middle of the night. He wanted a big hoodie. I'm like, you guys don't need to tell this story to fucking everyone. Like, the church pastor didn't need to know that fucking story, but he knows it, and he tells people it now. Hey, remember that one time your mom told me the story? It's like, fuck. <laughs> Never getting away from that story. And I told it on Black Irish Podcast. There you go. <laughs> well, that's the best part. She wasn't doing it to embarrass me. She was just, matter of fact, having a casual conversation. And then brought back this thing from 30 years ago that I was like, oh, yeah, I remember I tried that. to forget the trauma, yeah. <laughs> I remember why everybody can hear me walking through the mall. Oh. <laughs> oh. And from what I recall, I didn't have that big of a pants wedding issue. It was more of a, I don't want to deal with this issue. That sounds more like your mom's issue than yours at that point. I I, I, I get it though. Like I mean, I, like, I wouldn't want to clean. Hot piss. damn! I mean, I don't. Nobody wants to clean piss. But you know, no. It's like it's it's one of those things where it's like they were so tight that if I did piss my pants, the steam would probably just aromify my jeans anywhere. I don't know. It was gross. Some gross stuff. You ever cleaned an adult's shit up? Like another adult's shit up. A little bit, but like not a lot. Like it was just kind of like, I, you know, like helping somebody up off the floor. It was like, here, let me just, you missed a spot. Let me just help you out here. But not not more than that. <laughs> you missed a spot. I love that. The way you said that. Was <laughs> like so, I don't want to be that rude. That was very supportive. You old uh, my- fuck that can't get off the floor, but eh, it's a little duty <laughs> over here. <laughs> my uh, my grandpa, before he passed away, or I was out there watching him, um, he he had to get ready for an appointment and he ran to the bathroom real quick before he, he left his appointment. He gets picked up by a nurse and he runs to the bathroom and he comes out and then the whole house smells like shit and he's rushing out and he has cologne all over. He's like, oh, bye, bye, I'll see you soon, I'll see you soon. And I'm like, man, this house smells like shit. So I walk into the bathroom, I open it and there's shit all over the wall <laughs> inside the, like, he got inside the bath and it smeared all over the wall because but there's a big chunk that was still <laughs> stuck. And I'm gagging, so I, I go, fuck, what do I do? So I go and I grab a Carhartt shirt, I cover my face, I make like a ninja mask over my face, I put bags on my hands and stuff, I go in there to clean it, and I'm gagging, and I throw it in the toilet, and uh, and I'm like, fuck, I gotta wash it off the wall. And my grandpa's house is old. All he had to clean was fucking ammonia. So uh-huh. I take this ammonia, and I'm just splashing it on the fucking walls, <laughs> and I, I, I turn the, uh, the the sink, or the, uh, the water on the hot water, it turns right on to hot. It started steaming this ammonia, and I start getting not, I, like I'm about to pass out. So I, I walk out of the room. My grandpa comes back because it's been like an hour now, and he's about to go into that bathroom. And, and he's walking down the hallway. And you see him start slumming. Like, What's that smell? Are you trying to kill me? the ammonia? Had filled the house. I almost killed my grandpa trying to clean up his shit. Man, it was a, it was a, it was an interesting one. I, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of cleaning up human shit, but it was my grandpa. Yeah, you got to do it for people you love for sure it's like you do it for I'm old sure he people, might have done it <laughs> do it for old people do it for kids do it for people that can't do it for themselves that's all good yeah I, absolutely I, well I, on this holiday fun before we switch to sports there's this beautiful program that i want to let everybody know about for next year or whatever called operation secret santa or operation santa i think they change it from operation secret santa to operation santa because <laughs> it, everybody was putting operation ss and that sends the wrong message so i was doing operation santa at the post office and basically you adopt letter or a couple letters for kids that don't 
have the means to have stuff, and then, you know, you can send them presents anonymously, and it's all taken care of. It's very fun, great program, whatever. However, you do still have to deal with the post office, which is crazy, because you're like, I'm doing a program that's your program. Y'all are making it difficult. So, I go to drop off these presents, you know, you have to package it yourself, pay for the whole shipping. I'm like, you guys don't give a discount on shipping? Like, I got to pay 130 bucks to ship these $100 worth of presents. Okay, guys. Okay. Whatever. But I get to the post office, and I start cracking my knuckles in line, and I realize, like, there's a lot of people that that is a very aggressive sound, like no- nails on a chalkboard <laughs> to them. And I'm like, oh, probably not the good place to be doing this. And people are, like, sketchy already. Because there's a line, it's, you know, it's the post office at the holidays. You got to expect it to be a little crazy. But my, so my favorite part is I'm in line and I'm like, why is the line taking so long? And it's because every single person is freaking out about how much it costs to ship stuff. They're like, what? This is $20 in this box. It cost me 60 to send it to this person. Like everybody's just like, what is happening with this? It's like, oh, is it everybody's first time? I don't know. So that part was hilarious to me. So then I get to my part where I get to deal with the post office. I get up to the front and this dude working the counter is, I'm like, hey, I'm doing this Operation Santa thing. He's like, okay, here, let me get going. I see within two seconds, he has no idea what he's clicking. He's just clicking to find something. Fast forward five minutes. He does it wrong six times. Six. Ask the manager next to him. She's like, this is our first one this year. I'm like, okay, that's great. But it's not my first one. Can I tell you guys what to push? And you start pushing that. And they're like, sir, we've been pushing what you've told us to push. I've handed them the printed out (laughs) instructions from the post office that says, give this to the postal employee, basically, if they don't know what they're doing. And I'm like, can can you please? And this guy is just like, no, he keeps doing it the same way. It keeps not coming out correctly, (laughs) and he keeps looking at me with the audacity like, the computer's broken. And I'm like, (laughs) you mean the pre-programmed box that you have to put in a sequence of combinations to get it to do the right thing? The pre-programmed thing is not doing it wrong. You inputting it the same thing six times and thinking it's It's going to go differently, you're probably fucked up. So I'm like, hey, can you... And so this lady's like, we will... we'll." We already pushed all the buttons. We pushed all the buttons. There's multiple people are involved now. I'm like, listen, can you turn the screen and we do it together? And she's like, we've done this already. I'm like, no, we haven't. But you got to click the buttons I tell you to push. She's like, fine. Three minutes later, I was out of there. Done. Jesus. Because I can read instructions. Like, I don't know what the new thing is where people get hired. It doesn't matter where it's the post office or anywhere, the store. I run into this a lot. Tell me if Bartenders. People get hired for a job, and they feel like they have to figure it out. No, no, no. <laughs> this is standard operating procedure type of position. You don't need oh, to figure yeah. stuff. We didn't hire you for your brain, buddy. We hired you to push the right buttons in <laughs> the, the right SpaceX order. Don't think. <laughs> you don't get paid to think. If you think that this level of minimum wage that we're paying you is enough for your brain, then you devalue your brain. Or maybe it's the right one. The, the <laughs> amount is correct. Like, there's some 
goofballs out in this world that we got to deal with. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. It's just, it's a beautiful transition to sports and Carlos Correa. Because that guy's a goofball, too. I don't know what the hell's going on with him. He was supposed to sign with the San Francisco Giants on a 13-year deal for $350 million, Like, giant deal. Bryce Harper level, 13 years. Now, something comes up in his medical examination that the Giants didn't like. So they're like, uh, we're not sure that we're going to execute this 13-year deal. On this 28-year-old dude, like, you're going to play till you're 41 and we're seeing some stuff on your medical report. It's like, okay. So literally with, I mean, not even within hours of that going shaky, the Mets got on the phone with Scott Boris, Carlos Correa's agent, and then yeah. by, the, by the next day this morning, Carlos Correa's a Met for 12 years, $315 million. And... Man, if they just took one year off, I'm sure that medical record would have looked better. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the thing where the Giants were the ones that pulled out because they're like, hey, man, we don't like what yeah. this is going here. And Correa and the Mets are like, oh, no, no, we'll be fine. And the Mets, I think, are going to be dog shit this year anyway. They're spending a ton of money, but they're not. I don't feel like they're going to be that great. And I kind of feel like the Dodgers are in the same boat as the Mets. Oh, yeah. They bought Thor and all that. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. They lost season. all the pieces they needed to keep. And then, and then they, they bought a bunch of new weird ones. Yeah, well, I it saw was, that. It's I, like their infield, basically their only reliable infielder now is Freddie Freeman. Gavin yep. Lux, whatever. Max Muncie has been on this hard decline. And then they got young guys filling in at shortstop. Same in the outfield. Mookie Betts is out there, but then you got Chris Taylor, who's, you know, an average five-tool player. Like, he's not great. He hits 220. And then you got Trace Thompson, who's a head case. Who, yeah, unless that, he's that's... hitting behind and in front of Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, he sucks. So No, you're right. I don't know. But they do have pitching still. Walker Bueller's awesome. Um... Kershaw's at the end of his rope. Noah Syndergaard. I thought Kershaw was retiring two years ago, and honestly, I, I wouldn't have blamed him if he did. Yeah, uh, I think he thing thought is, that Bueller he was... came in. I was so happy. I, I really was. He did great in his first season. He was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things where Kershaw was like, "Oh, Dodgers are going to win for a while. I'll hang on." And then it's like everything kind of falling apart, and then it's like, "Oh." Uh, he thought he was gonna be like uh, some sort of Tom Brady like ask like older dude figure in yeah. in sports. It, it, here's the thing with Kershaw: L.A. will love you no matter what. You could fucking leave. You could go fucking retire in the hills somewhere. We will still love you, Clayton Kershaw. My problem is once you start to decline, people will remember that. Yeah, and it's just, I mean. We're tired of losing teams. The Dodge, the Dodgers, we we love when you win. We'll still leave at seven fucking innings. It's just, <laughs> I mean, we gotta beat traffic, man. What are you talking about? We gotta get back to the valley. I <laughs> love that you're a true Dodgers fan, like, and you admit it. Oh, yeah. That's wonderful. That you're like, no, we don't stay for the whole game. We don't, we don't do this. We don't like it when you. No, suck. never. <laughs> we get there early. We leave early. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's the way shit. to do it. I do. You follow baseball in the enough to where you would care about Aaron Judge being the captain of the Yankees? 
I actually wouldn't care because you know that's the thing. I, I'm not super into baseball. Like it, if the Dodgers don't even if they don't win one game, it would it wouldn't hurt me. I, I, I like the logo on their hat, man. Yeah, I like the color blue. It looks cool. <laughs> you live in LA. <laughs> it, it just all fits. Yeah, dude. Like I mean, I I, I get a, a little more hurt with like boxing and MMA when stuff happens uh, like w- when a fight gets called off or like when someone when there's an upset and a loss but with baseball I, it's such a smooth sport I enjoy it even if they lose I have a great time going to a, uh, to a baseball game it's just it's relaxing it's like fishing for me oh nice you know? do you watch soccer at all yeah I've been getting into LAFC a bit uh, I mean of course everybody right now with the World Cup uh, I, I was watching Argentina a lot the uh, I, I, I kind of just, you know, I, I, I jumped on the bandwagon with the Argentina, as every American does. I'm Italian. I'm supposed to like soccer. I've watched it my whole life. I've gotten recently interested in it. You know okay. what I mean? That's fair. Well, did the most important part of the World Cup was, did you see the party they threw? Oh, my God, dude. That was freaking awesome. I want to know what nuts. the I want to know in a couple of days what the body count is for like injuries, deaths. You cannot have four million people partying butts to nuts and nothing goes wrong. It's impossible. In America, you can't. Other countries, I feel like it's probably not that much of a problem. The uh, thing is, people maybe. know how to handle themselves out of country. They fight like people like this fight and stuff. Like if you did that shit in LA, cars would be flipped. Yeah, fifty people would be shot. Like Crazy. they'd rename a team or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the Raiders, they're racist. We're not calling them that anymore. They're the something else. Oh, the Raiders. You are a Raiders fan, aren't you? <laughs> it's the controversy behind it, man. Uh, they they left in '92 from Los Angeles. I was born in '93. So, like, they were kind of the last Los Angeles team uh, of my era. Like, yeah. so I was like, yeah. I mean, I, I've always really just, like, fell behind them. And then, like, everybody, like, I grew up in the Valley. If you do not see a Raiders flag in front of someone's house, they're not from here. They moved here afterwards. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just part of our culture. Uh, who's your team, man? The 49ers. The 49ers. Oh, dude, me and you have some rivalry to get to. Oh, yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, I'm a Giants fan. I'm a 49ers fan. I kind of – I'll watch soccer from time to time. I, I like LAFC. Been to a couple of games. It's so much fun. They're so much fun. Um, oh, LAFC stuff is awesome, yeah. Yeah. The 3252 is one of the best group sections in soccer for, you know, American, MLS, whatever, you know. Not not saying anything against all the regular soccer football fans who are real, <laughs> real fans. The complete opposite of our L.A. style, where we kind of just show up when we feel like it. And we're like, yeah, it doesn't really affect my day that much if they lose. <laughs> no, yeah, dude, I don't know, man. We just got – we we come from a city where we're doing stuff. We're not, all like, from, time. like – and, and not like I'm saying other cities don't, but there's a lot less going on. Well, like, that's the thing is if you're in <laughs> Chicago and you have like a nice place to go downtown and drink at a bar, but it's freezing butt cold outside and it's miserable, you're going to latch on to something like a sports team, especially the, the more secluded you are. Like Nebraska fans are hardcore for a reason. I mean, shit in Nebraska except for one football team. You know what I mean? That's the thing that you do. It's like Husker Stadium's always filled up. It's the entire state of Nebraska's there. That's everybody drives to Lincoln. You know what I mean? 
Oh yeah, it's something to do, man. I, I I get it. Like that's the thing. The smaller this, if you like go to these these minor league games, those things are jam packed because it's city pride. They're so freaking. You ever been to a minor league baseball game? Oh yeah, the we used to have the Lancaster Jetthawks up where I lived, and that was. I mean, dude, you were telling me about that. That's right. Fantastic. We were talking about that. Yeah. So it, I mean, I love going to. I just love sports, so I'll go see amateurs do it too, and not for nothing. You know, growing up, being one of six children, my dad could take us to a Jethawks game on, like, a kids come for free night. And the whole family goes and has a good time and gets hot dogs and a drink for 20 bucks. That's a great experience. That's what it's about. People have lost sight of that. You go to a Dodgers game, and you you really can't take a family with you. You see a dad and his friend go now. You will hardly see, I mean, unless, like, a rich family, you will not see... A group of like four, you know, two kids, their friends. I remember when I was a kid, that was a rarity because they'd come up, you know, every now and then they'd have like five dollar tickets or something like that. Turn or, back the clock I mean, night. <laughs> yeah, turn, it's, it's some shit like that. But uh, it, it, it seems like these days it's like forty dollars for a ticket. You go in, you spend nine dollars a Dodger dog. The, the, you gotta get a beer. What the fuck? You're not gonna get a beer with a frozen top like that. Fifteen on that. It's yep. like. Dude, you got to get a little mini baseball bat so your kid doesn't get beat up by the Giants fans. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's it, what happens. That's that's how it goes. <laughs> well, those Giants fans always beat up Rowdy. Uh, Dodgers fans is what I, uh, what I heard. <laughs> I always, uh, my old lady always, you know, was nervous with me going to Dodger Stadium because I, I'm such a Giants fan that I'll root for anybody that plays against the Dodgers. But watch out right. when the Giants come to town because I'm head to toe Giants gear. Like I don't care. It's I'm rooting for my team, and I'll sit down. I'll be nice. I'll be like, hey, guys, like I'm rooting for the other team. I'm not gonna curse, but I will be rooting for my team. That means I'm also rooting against you guys. I'm not gonna curse. That usually goes well until about the sixth inning when the beers set in on beer three. That's when shit starts getting thrown. You get the towel Comments you get the start up. getting blah blah blah. <laughs> And, like, I'll refuse to leave. Fuck that. I'll stand up, turn around, and be like, excuse me, what are we doing here? But it's there's a, been a couple of times where it's so. like, where where my wife's like, hey, man, um, i really like to go now. Like, in the eighth inning, I'm like, all right, we'll go. Get shit thrown at us on the way out. Well, meanwhile, she's head to toe in Dodgers gear. Like, people don't give a shit. But neither do I. Oh, no. Neither do I. Because guess what? I'm going to keep showing up. And if it bothers you that much, that means that I'm doing my job better than you're doing yours. I'm heckling you Amen. better than you can heckle me, and I ain't saying shit. That's so much fun. Beat somebody at their own game. She's doing great. We're almost there. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Uh, I was just, just grabbing something from her. Uh, uh, have you been kicked out of a game? Any game? Um, I got kicked out of a church basketball game by my own team for showing up hungover. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Though. You that, got, so you I never have... really got to play. I got kicked out of warm-ups. They're like, you smell. And I was like, so what? You're like a Blink-182 <laughs> music video. Bro. I hate I Blink-182! <laughs> You're a Sum 41 fan. I can no. see it. No! The... <laughs> no! You don't like that bubblegum shit, huh? No. Not really, no. I mean, Blink-182, yeah, yeah, yeah. I re- some 41 I actually would prefer over Blink-182. 
I'll, I'll listen they to Fat Lip. Fat Lip came out when I was in some type of school. Like, I'll listen to that. Sure. Not on repeat. Yeah. But Blink-182, I have a huge stigma for the nasally, whiny, eh. Ugh, I hate eh. it. I hate it. How do you feel about Cypress Hill, then? Oh, I love Cypress Hill. It's so funny because the, there's the nasally and then, like, then there's nasally, but, like, the way he does it almost sounds evil and it's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, and Blink-182 is whiny. sounds whiny. Yes! I can't do that. I can't do it. Yes. I hate it, complainers. Supposed, I kind of like I that. hate complainers. <laughs> That's why emo is the worst. Dude, I hate emo. What's my aging? Yeah, you're funny. Sorry. Emo's not my thing. Get a hold of your emotions, people. Jeez. Oh, my God. We... Uh, you got to hear uh, Gibby's bit about his his beanie and his flannel. He said like he takes it off, he puts it on. Have you heard it? He's great. I'm not going to kill his bit. You got to you got to hear I his have. emo bit. He's he, oh, he's the best. Yeah. I know I know he's an emo guy and like even my brother's an <laughs> emo guy. So much so that him and his lady were going to go to that festival in Las Vegas that uh got canceled due to wind. Like wind was too much for these fragile people. Uh <laughs> And I made fun of it the same, and he loves it. And I'm like, sorry, man. Your stuff is silly to me. I'm going to make fun of things that are silly to me. I don't care if it hurts your feelings a little. I listen to too much rap. If I get depressed, it's like, let's do something crazy to feel better. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, versus, I, I mean, I get it. Let's feel sad and not hurt anybody. But it's like, why not just hurt a few people and feel better? But, like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be you know, people who don't deserve it. It could be your friends, you oh, know, yeah. like, Hey, fuck why I saw that. Like, <laughs> you, know, like, you know what I mean? Like, well, back in the day, I, I, the move on the block was go in the front yard, go in the front yard, squabble for a few minutes until somebody got their ass kicked or you're both tired. And then even if you guys are still mad for the day, then it's like, you guys got it done, separate for the day. And the next day, everybody's playing football again. Like doesn't matter. Your friends. Yeah. Or get get some beef out and then it's over and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that again. Can we stop this shit? He's like, yeah. Dude, little homie scraps need to happen. If you don't have a homie scrap with your friend, he's really not a good friend because that means you're holding something back. Because if you haven't gotten mad at your friend at least once, and I mean, I'm talking about lifetime friends. I'm not talking about like friends in comedy and stuff yeah. like that. You shouldn't be beating everybody up. Yeah, if but you if and you I went to fisticuffs, that's a little too soon. But we're yeah, on our like way. We, we met each other soon. Soon yeah. we'll, we, well, we have something special in the works. Soon we'll fight be... for love. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I've talked to some people about how we could talk about it, actually, no. even if you wanted, because I, I got uh, I, I have some people that are, are interested in a location. Not yet until I, I get more details, because this is yeah, all right, you right, right now. So we'll 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 circle back. This is it. We'll yeah, call it a exactly. teaser. We have a teaser for more right, events exactly. coming up that. I'm going to be a part of with this fine, fun gentleman. And he's, again, follow the Drunken Stoner on Instagram. He posts, he's great at promoting everything he does. And like the other day, we were scheduled to do a show on Monday and it got canceled. He let me know as soon as, like, not two hours before. It was like, he let everybody know. He posted it on, on social media. My cousins were in from out of town. They were going to hop on the show. They knew about the show because of social media. And they knew it was canceled because of his social media. So follow him. That's and awesome. it's he does free shows, people. He does no cover comedy for the most part. No, I, I, 
I want to clarify this for everybody out there. I try not to. I, I I'm not a guy to cancel shows like ever. This is the first time I've ever canceled a show. Uh, it was a, a super emergency. Like I I I will own, literally. Death is the only reason I will cancel a show. And even sometimes and even that, that you don't. Do <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've come in after my cousin died, uh, and I, I, I you gave away his to, ashes as a raffle present. Away, <laughs> yes, uh, and I actually broke his his urn, uh, and um, when because the guy who won him had a motorcycle, and when he when he uh, left with it. Uh, I saw a trail of my cousin behind me. It, it, it spelled <laughs> "fuck you" in the sky. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was pretty gnarly. And then, like, yeah, my grandpa died uh, the day of an episode. Um, so, I, I've, I've just, it's just, dude, I've, I've been doing this for two months, and uh, four people have died so far. Uh, so we'll see how many people we can kill with my comedy. That's uh, we're killing it out here, man. Uh, Aaron Carter, I, I'm pretty sure we killed him. Um, I think that's uh, a no. victory, though. That, I, I, I think we did good for one that win, one. One win, but... three losses. Okay. I, I think it balances out, though. <laughs> it, 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 it hasn't balanced no, out I, yet, but we lose a couple more scumbags, and then we're right there in the good pocket. So, I mean, I, I, basically, we're, we're killing for comedy, guys. Uh, all these people... Quite literally. All, <laughs> They uh they they lost they lost their lives for something for something great. Um, no, I, I that, that's a horrible thing to say. Uh, now, come I, on, I, they were gonna die in, anyway. Rest, They're dead. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, rest in peace to, uh, to all those people. But anyways, yes. I got the off topic. Um, our shows. I try not to cancel. Come by anytime. Uh, every Monday it's free. And um, this dude, like I told him, he has an open invitation. So you never know when you'll see Brendan McCorkle. I mean, I try to book him to put him on flyers right now, and then sometimes he'll show up, and I'm like, oh, you got to get on. He's like, no, not now. And then he's like, all right, now. Yeah, well, honestly, your shows are good. So I, if if we get a chance to to coordinate ahead of time, and here's the other thing. You don't like booking people repetitively. So I, you know, it's one of those things where when when it comes to when we see each other or – when we message each other, like, hey, man, you you want to do this thing? It's like, yeah, of course. But I'm also a fan of comedy, and you put on a good show. So sometimes I just want to Thanks, come man. see your show. And like I said, like, Monday in Thousand Oaks, that's free. You put up, a like, some of your shows are free, and the ones you charge for is because you're booking people with talent that you're telling them to bring their good stuff. So when it's a paid show, you've filtered through all these other people that do your free shows, and you're like, okay, here, 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 and then that's what you've basically done with your drunken stone fest at the end of January. Uh, it's like a I, bunch of these. I gotta make. A, Go ahead. I gotta make a tiny announcement. So I had a tour scheduled for um, February. Uh, I, it got canceled because they watched an episode and saw comedians doing mushrooms, and that's something that doesn't align very well with their family values. Um, and I, I still, uh, like I said, I love Great Notion. We're gonna be doing things, big things in the future with them, but. Uh, Right now, they said uh, we can't have an episode filmed uh, if if stuff like that's going on. So the tour is on hiatus right now, but we uh, we still got a lot of great things going on. Well, that's uh, just one one that. spot, but uh, no, listen, I'm, dude, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I, I've seen what you've already started doing, you and your team, and you guys are crushing it. You guys put on good shows, and you put on a fun time. You have a very welcoming atmosphere, which is very rare in this comedy business. Usually you got to feel weird about trying to get your way in. And, you know, people think you're kissing their ass to try and get time when you're just 
trying to be a nice person and get some time. And, you know, it's nothing but good things for you on the horizon. I can't wait to ride the wave with you. And we go back and forth on supporting each other. It's, it's going to be a wonderful, beautiful thing. But that being said, yeah, dude, absolutely. That being said, I do know that you started out this whole getting yourself out there more by gaming. Is that correct? Do I have that somewhat correct? Gaming. Did like, you stream uh, gaming? No, I, I I don't I don't even have a PlayStation, man. I don't, I I don't play video games. You didn't stream play, anything? Just... What? Your lady no, lies. Oh, maybe she mentioned she's not gaming. She maybe she was talking about streaming. Uh, no, because we I do reviews. I, I did uh, I did beer and that's how I got oh. myself out there was beer and weed reviews. Maybe she told you that maybe. we'd stream them on different uh, po- uh, different platforms. Yeah, we um, we started off with uh, beer uh, beer reviews. Then we went to weed reviews. Then uh, we started doing pairings, and then I started doing this thing where like I make invent the drink and like I. Pair it with weed, and then I'd invent a meal and try to infuse it. And it's just like it, it became a crazy thing, and it kind of got me out there like a, a little bit more towards the pandemic. Everybody's trying to find what weed to smoke and what to drink. Sure. So, uh, I mean, I was like, oh, cool. That's a good way to get your comedy out there because then people like hear you fuck around and they're like, oh, this guy's funny as hell. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm glad you guys think so. Come to one of my fucking comedy shows. And uh, a lot of those people that we brought to, well, not a lot of, a few of the people we brought to the Palmdale one were like. Dude, I watched your weed reviews. I'm like, no way. Nice. And they're like, yeah. And I, I mean, I, that's how I got all my weed weed sponsors. That's how I know everybody in like the you know the beer game. I know how uh, like everybody in the, in the cannabis industry that knows me knows me before I started doing uh, you know like you know the drunken stoner as a persona. They knew me like just as stoner. They yeah. just knew me as that guy. Yeah. So I, I, I I've been around for a while doing stuff like this. But uh, comedy, I I never thought about putting it online. I don't know why. I was like, they're gonna find me. Like <laughs> I don't know. I'm fucking. I'm retarded like that. You know. Sometimes you you think you're better than you are. You think you're above the program. Nobody's above the program. You know. Oh, trust me. I found that out the hard way. I'm like, I'm like, oh man. If I put out good content, like, if you build it, they will come. And it's like, well, yeah, kind of. But you gotta lead them to it. And that's the part I'm terrible at. I'm terrible at leading people to it. Like I was saying, your promotional game is is on point. Mine sucks, dude. I suck because I hate it. I'm an old bag that hates new shit, and I just am like the time I give it, it takes. To Sarah, man, she 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 kind of guides me in the right way. She's uh, she's kind of a miracle worker at all that stuff. Like I said, I, I did construction before I started a website with Sarah, and uh, oh get. So you said gaming. I sold games. I sold a lot of games, but I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd never played games. Like oh, I said, I, I played okay. uh, Nintendo and stuff. Maybe she was talking about that because we have a website called The Dream of the Nineties. I sell toys, games, uh, vintage stuff. But now it's like women's clothing. It's really turned into, and that none of that's vintage. It's all brand new. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like women dressing nice. I like seeing a woman in a fine clothes. You know, or <laughs> out of a fine clothes. Who knows? You know? But uh. <laughs> Would you ever I, you date know, a I, female I, referee in the NFL? Is she just really nice? Like, if she had a really nice striped shirt, or oh. uh, depends how she blew that whistle. No. Ah, <laughs> I think the scrutiny of dating a female. I like unnecessary roughness. Ref- I don't know. Ooh, unnecessary reference. <laughs> the roughness was a good flick. Great flick. 
Oh, dude, that movie. I haven't seen that in a fucking long time. Mm, it's a good I one. still remember the, the logo for it with the football with the horns on it. Yeah. 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 She was, she was the uh, kicker. Female kicker. That's right. Necessary. Oh, dude, I, that's a, that was a great movie. I haven't seen that in like years. All right. Well, considering I'm going to call an audible here. We do a top five list every week to wrap up the show. And considering that you got your kind of breakout or whatever in beer and weed, give me give me your top five favorite things to consume, whether it be beer or weed, and let me know what it is, either the strain or what the beer is. So you could have three okay. beers, two two strains, you could have four and one, you could I don't care. Give me your top uh, five favorite things to consume to make you feel better. The number one, number one, um, would probably be horseradish. I, honestly, <laughs> I love a man a that has it on deck. Got a little bit of it, I think. Yeah, He's got a giant got, something probably. Uh, 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 I don't know. I got a couple. Uh, I don't know, half a pound left. <laughs> some horseradish uh, by Cali Herbs, Los Angeles, and the Lavender Boys, dude. If you guys haven't tried horseradish. Ah, it's like the strongest OG. It smells so sweet. Mm. It's it's like a perfect hybrid. It gets you high in just the right way. And I'm absolutely. an OG we'll guy. I like smoking OG. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We'll definitely smoke some. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. We always smoke when we see each other. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> on my own, I'm an adult. I'll go find some out and, and put oh, it on yeah. the tally. You know, I'll, I'll hook you up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're very generous and nice. Let's just keep going. Number two. Mm. Number two, I, I love a good beer, and I mean, I've been kind of partial towards Eureka because, I mean, not only because I do my show there, but because they have this beer called Pills of Creation, which is just this super, super delicious beer, but uh, I'd say that's my number two So what type of a beer is it? Uh, Pilsner. It's called Pills of Creation. It's a, a oh, okay. really nice, light, but not too light beer, good flavor. and it, Light, it's, but it's, you don't feel like you crisp. need to drink six. It's light in flavor, but you feel it. You don't need to, but you will. Like it's it. just, it's yeah, yeah, just yeah. delicious. You can't, you um, can keep drinking them, but you don't need to. That's a nice light beer. There's not a whole Yingling. It was one of those beers that I like like that. Like it's oh, like I love Yingling. You could just drink them all. Like you could drink them all day, but you don't need to drink them all day. Oh, a hundred percent. That's the thing with Yingling. It's, I mean, it's it's so light, refreshing, and it's the oldest beer in America. So I'm gonna go ahead and put that as number three. Actually, oh, there you because go. I, I, I mean, if anybody knows me, I have a fridge at home. It is uh, when I, anytime I leave this state, if I go past Texas, I'm bringing a case or two back. I have a whole fridge stocked with yinglings. It's just my, my favorite go-to, uh, like cheap, like shitty beer. Yeah. It's not that shitty. It's good. Like, I don't know. Uh, and then number after that, I, I like smoking like a purple weed every now and then. So like, uh, my, my buddy has a stuff called, well, actually, you know what? I'm going to switch that. So my, one of my other buddies, alpha smoke has this strain right now called, um, sour GMO. And it's like funky, but sour and like tangy at the same time. So it's just like this full encompassment of flavors that hit you. And it's like a really, really weird high. Like it, it feels like your head's just being squeezed until it, like it's gonna pop, but like in a good way, like you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's super intense. Uh, I, I like it, and then um, 
I don't know. So what are we at? That's four, four. and then five. Let's say acid. I just fucking love frying balls. Like it's just. <laughs> Dude, acid today, but like I kind of got a cough, so I'm like, ah, oh, dude, I'm just gonna think about that all day, and I'm gonna start choking, and it's just gonna be the worst. So I didn't do acid, and I'm glad I didn't because then I'd be having a conversation with you, just frying balls right now. But yeah, <laughs> that could have been cool. fun too. There's always tomorrow. A little vitamin C today, a little LSD tomorrow. Never hurt anybody. Yes, I mean an it probably has but and some okay. LSD. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'll be fine. Only if you're peeling your face off thinking it's like, you know, oh, get to the skin, get off the <laughs> I think that's bath salts. Isn't that thing gone for a while now? <laughs> bath salts no longer a thing. I'm sure you can get it. Like, it's just I probably know. not as fun. Like, you used to be able to get it at, like, fucking... Uh, did you ever go buy those, like, legal drugs, like, at the store? I, I mean, bought, sativa. Like, or not sativa. Uh, salvia. Done salvia. I, I, so I've done salvia. I've, I've, I've smoked spice. And I, I even tried bath salts one time, and oh. it wasn't that bad. I snorted them like they were <laughs> oh, cocaine. No. And I'll tell you what, it, it, it was less like cocaine and more like fucking some horrible psychedelic mixed with drinking, like fucking dextromorphine cough syrup. You know that DXM uh. cough syrup that makes you feel like, yeah, it, it was pretty gnarly. I, would, I wouldn't consider it like close to any uppers. Not that I say cocaine is good for me. I don't do cocaine, but I... I mean, hey, for $15, if some guy is selling you, like, fucking four grams of something called bath salt before you saw the zombie thing, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you try? I was, I was 19, man. It was awesome. Oh, gosh. You are a wild man, and I love it. So, <laughs> that being said, thank you so much for filling in this week, Drunken Sober. It's been so much fun. Steven Timble, he's really the best. He's closely or soonly becoming one of my very good friends in this business. Um, and... Tell us where we can find you. Where are you going to be doing uh, your shows? Where can we find you online? Give us your whole spiel, dude, because it's worth it. Please listen up. So I, I, uh, I right now I'm, I'm working on something very, very, very big besides the festival. I, uh, I'm kind of investing my own money into something right now, a, project, a passion project, uh, which, you know, it, it takes like a lot of loss for you to go like, dude, what if I'm next? So like right now I'm just like actually that's what I'm doing like I today what I what, what my mission has been has been uh, securing this thing and uh, so I'm I'm doing that and every Monday I got my show the Drunken Stoner Comedy Show starting in 2023 we're gonna be doing shows all over uh, I I don't like announcing dates so far out like I like doing two weeks out and I, I know that sounds super crazy but you need time to advertise. I don't want everybody there. Like I, I, I'm one of those things. People will come. They will come. And like, if something I'm, I'm changes getting... that far in advance, you know, especially in the comedy world, like people drop out and venues change and deals get two weeks is is where I'm comfortable too. And I've had I've had this talk yeah. with other people, and it's like for something big where you're going to be selling tickets coming up, like like the the Gardena Festival, yeah. Let people know six weeks ahead of time and then all the way up until the event. For your, you know, weekly show, wherever it's going to be, or even multiple days a week, wherever it's going to be, yeah, about a week and a half to two weeks out is what you need because people can change, people can drop out. You know, that, like you said, with the Gardena thing, like on Tuesdays, you're switching it up. So if you're already promoting that for next year and it's not happening, you know, there's a bunch of stuff that's in flux in the game that we're in. And as somebody who's got to control right. all those things, 
I agree with the timeline. I know not a lot of other people don't, but I do. And I think no, that, dude, that's, I you, that you have this nice little pocket of people. It's like if the people that show up want to be there, it's not like yes. they feel obligated to be there because that's something I've noticed too. That doesn't get spoken about enough in these comedy crowds. It's like people will buy tickets in advance so far in advance because they want to be a good support or whatever to somebody else. And then they don't want to go when it shows up. And then there's like this crowd of curmudgeons and you're like, I thought y'all were at a comedy show and then y'all are just bitter because you guys are supporting your friend who you are in a fight with now and you don't want to be here. And it's just, come on, man. So I agree, now, dude. You can be a testament to it. Like, this is my thing when I, I and I used uh, Palmdale as the perfect experiment. I said, all right, well, if, if I have two weeks to advertise something, how many people can I bring out? And we brought out a fair amount of people and yeah. every single person that was there was completely engaged with the comedy show. And that's what we wanted. And if you don't want to be engaged with the comedy show, please do not come. And we, like, like I said, we, we make it, we make it as a fun stonery drinking kind of environment. If you're uncomfortable with that, don't come. But usually those people buy tickets like right the day of. So it's just like, so, I mean, for me, it's right where I feel comfortable just being like, I've always been turn my homework in and do it like right when I'm in class type kid when I was in, in, in school. So like my comedy kind of reflects that too. So like I, I try to, you know, I, I try to cram it all in there while I can, but uh, yeah, we're going to be doing that. The festival, the 28th, you're going to be there. It's going to be fantastic. And then, uh, uh, God, I really keep wanting to drop this thing that I'm, I'm doing right now. Just like, oh, passion project, bitch. But uh, it'll make sense. It's all going to come together. So anyways, if you guys want to find me, the drunken stoner, YouTube, every other social media, Instagram, um, I prefer being called Stoner. You can call me Steven. It's just, you probably won't get the regular reaction. You'll probably, you'll get treated like a bill collector if you call me Steven. Like, <laughs> that's like what, I, I, that's I, what all the old guys that come to do the comedy shows, they're like, they have such this thing where they're like, I can't perform for somebody that I'm calling the drunken stoner. So they're like, you know, the drunken stoner, you know, Steven, like they got to crowbar it in there so that they feel like it's a, a real thing. It's so funny. Oh, Miratori. Has I know. He, he I was, I was thinking of him. I wasn't going to say stoner him. Steve. <laughs> I know. He, can't just, he has to add the Steven. He's like, yeah, I have to, to call good. you by your real name a little bit. I have to. <laughs> no, he's got so much love for me that I, re I really do appreciate that guy. Shout out to uh, Mirator and all, all the other comedians out there that even wants to call me Steven. Uh, but um, yeah, man, uh, uh, that, that's about it, man. You guys can find me freaking the drunken stoner. I, I, I'm, or you'll probably find me off Sepulveda Boulevard, Bard, twisted off my ass, maybe naked. Uh, most nights. Nice. All right, so follow the drunken stoner. This is a very good dude who I plan on uh, spending plenty of time with in, in the long, long comedy career that we're both going to have. Um, that and what's your run back your website for the uh, 90s slash oh, new w stuff? W yeah, www.thedreamofthe90s.com. <laughs> Thedreamofthe90s.com and uh, the dream of today. <laughs> and I really like that actually. I might use that as the slogan. There you go. Uh, the If you guys want to uh, find any of my tickets or dates for one of my shows, or you guys want to buy some fucking merch, got these hats on there. Actually, no, these sold out. Sorry, I don't have these anymore on there. But I'll figure you guys something out. Something new, something delicious and vicious. 
Right you know? on. All right. Well, you can catch us each and every week. Every Thursday we come out, Black Irish. Uh, you can follow myself at Brendan McCorkle Comedy. You can follow Mike at Black Irish 213. Again, follow The Drunken Stoner at The Drunken Stoner anywhere you can, including YouTube. And follow us at Black Irish Pod. Love you guys. Black Thank Irish. you so much for being here and doing this. It's always a pleasure to see your face, even if we can't be face to face. I appreciate you very Love much. You, Take care of yourself. I don't know what that was. Everybody be good. Peace. Later, man. Oh, you stayed on?